Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron. Biblical Archaeology Today, we are so thankful you chose to join us. Today, we're going to be looking at an amazing archaeological discovery, really. I remember when we were going through this in Bible College, the Houston inscription. It was so enthralling to listen. I may have went into this a little bit, too, when I was... Uh, studying to get a doctorate in biblical archaeology endorsed by the University of Wales that I mean it's fascinating so we may not go into all of the various dangers toils and trials the Behistun inscription entailed in its translation but we'll look at it and I've been using the Thompson Chain Reference Bible just kind of as a a basis. They're wonderful archaeological supplement by Frederick Owen, D.D. and E.D. and uh, Education Doctorate. And I um, really recommend people get a Thompson chain. I've uh, done some videos over on YouTube, New Life of Albany, how to use a Thompson chain and maximize it. It's really great for just Bible study. But let's dive in. The Houston inscription it was a large outdoor low-relief design, 25 by 50 feet, 350 feet on the cliffside of the Zagros Mountains southwest of Hamadan, Persia, modern-day Iran. So you see immediately the difficulty is it's 350 feet up in the air, and you've got maybe... Uh, at best, a few inches to stand on. <laughs> so, and this was before drones and these type things are doing all this. And so it's a low relief. A relief is just something that is carved into stone. And so it's a low relief. It was inscribed in three languages, like the Rosetta Stone. All used by the ancients. But all of them, strange to living men. Challenged by the task of deciphering these exceedingly odd, though refined languages, Henry C. Rawlinson, an English military officer, climbed on the 14 to 18 inch lower ledge or sat in a suspended cage until after four years of hazardous labors, a complete copy of the inscriptions was made. He and his helpers, the native peoples of that area and they were setting ladders on 14 to 18 inch ledges <laughs> it's amazing what people will do for discovery you know going to the south pole the north pole climbing uh the himalayas you know any number of things the top 10 mountain peaks 18 years later he had completed the decipherment of the three languages old persian cuneiform elamite or susian and Babylonian cuneiform, or cuneiform, depends on how you pronounce it. I was raised pronouncing it cuneiform. I think cuneiform is the current uh, in vogue pronunciation. With these three keys, Rawlinson and other learned men could and did unlock the treasured secrets of the vanished civilizations of Assyria, Babylonia, and Persia, which, you know, from about 1700 B.C. to 500 B.C., or maybe closer to 350 BC. I mean, this was besides Egypt. This was the main powers in the ancient Near East. Of course, you had other, you know, Chinese power and Cambodian and all this, but I'm talking about in that area of the Holy Land. Um, 
And so the lands whose people played an important role in the unfolding dramas of the Bible. The use of these languages in correspondence to diplomatic exchange was revealed when one day in 1887, a Bedouin woman in search of rich soil for a garden dug into a mound at Tel El Marna were on the east banks of the Nile by the ruins of Pharaoh Akhenaton, once beautiful dream city, she found inscribed tablets and sold her interest in them for 50 cents. I'm reminded of like the Dead Sea Scrolls, an article in the paper, like they wanted 20 bucks for them or something. <laughs> Some of the initial finds. Missionary Chauncey Murch heard of the find and passed the information to Egyptian officials. On examination, they proved to be the official diplomatic records of Egyptian foreign affairs during the reigns of Amenhotep III and his son and successor Amenhotep IV at Kenaton, 1375 through 1358. I'm reminded of a Christian joke there I won't go into. Uh, among the records were official communications from the monarchs of Babylonia, Mitanni, and other Asiatic countries, but the majority were letters written by the governors of various cities or districts in Palestine, Phoenicia, and southern Syria. About 150 were from Palestine proper. So the Houston inscription, and beginning looking at the Tel Armana tablet, um, and I think we're going to end there, and look at the Tel Armana tablets just as it's on... Uh, basis. It's on episode tomorrow. And so I thank you for listening. I would suggest maybe you get a journal and just write the title, the subject matter, and maybe one, two, three lines of what goes on every day, just a few minutes every day. And uh, in short order, you will have one of the best handbooks of apologetics that I think you could find It'll be compact, brief, but power-packed. So just a suggestion. But again, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Please visit our playlist. Do pray for us that God would help this ministry expand around the world. Others would listen, be encouraged, blessed, and maybe convert to uh, Christian faith, New Testament Christianity. Join us on YouTube at New Life of Albany, Georgia, New Life of Albany, Georgia, Facebook, newlifeofalbany.com. God bless you. Appreciate you. We'll get into Tel Armana tablets. And I find that fascinating. When I did this out of the open Bible, it was the Tel Amarna tablets. And I kept mispronouncing it because I got, I've been kind of trained out of the Thompson chain to Tel Armana tablets. But uh, same discovery. God bless. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.